Welcome to BIV Today. I'm Tyler Orton. Now, Vancouver-based Scenebox has just come out of a stealth mode after its 2019 founding. The West Coast company believes that it can help businesses reshape the way we do engineering in maybe ways not possible only a few years ago. With us today is CEO Yasser Kaligi. Yasser, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. My pleasure. Uh, Thanks. Uh, Great to be here. So I'll start with this. You know, you folks are really into re-envisioning, and maybe that's a bit of a pun, but re-envisioning the way that we tackle engineering. I'm wondering if you can tell me a little bit about the uh, problem that Scenebox is trying to address here. Yeah, that's 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 great. So um, yeah, it's it's very good that you position this problem as re-envisioning uh, engineering, or more specifically, re-envisioning software engineering. So uh, let me give you an overall, like you know, kind of a higher level of what we are doing, and then I also want to talk a little bit on the type of a problem that we started to deal with, and and from that problem, we essentially. Uh, you know, build a company and 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 Scenebox platform. Okay. Oh, for sure. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So, uh, so there is a shift in software development. So, uh, you guys all have heard about machine learning and AI, and uh, the way that machine learning and AI is changing the way that we write software is actually quite foundational. So uh, there is uh, this essentially wave of of, uh, development strategies that we call them software 2.0, where in software 2.0, software is not written, but is trained. So let me be specific. So say, you know, in a traditional software engineering, when you want to do something specific, you have to write an algorithm, you have to write a logic uh, to be able to execute that algorithm. In software 2.0 or machine learning or or AI, uh, instead of writing that logic, we show some examples or a lot of examples to a very dense uh, network. And then this network trains, is, is being trained on how to essentially act in different scenarios. And then um, starting probably five to six years ago, uh, we have seen, uh, maybe a little bit more now, like eight years ago, we have seen that this type of training of models actually now beats the traditional way of software engineering in some specific areas. This idea of AI and machine learning is actually quite old. It's like 60, 70 years old. But then uh, with, uh, you know, with the advancement of uh, engineering and platforms and hardware, now just in like, you know, like around like 2013, 2014, we have seen that a lot of very complex tasks like, you know, autonomous vehicles or like, you know, uh, image recognition or face recognition are actually better handled with this wave of software 2.0 rather than traditional uh, engineering uh, or software engineering. Okay. So that is kind of an overall software 2.0. Uh, and a scene box is essentially a data platform for people that want to build computer vision models using uh, machine learning. Okay. So that is, uh, but now how we ended up actually like, you know, building this product is, uh, it actually came from a need that, that we saw firsthand. So before doing Scenebox, 
we were um, in autonomous vehicles. So uh, we were essentially building uh, the software stack and the platform for cars to see, you know, pedestrians, you know, lanes, uh, traffic lights, and so on and so forth, right? So the issue is that, uh, you know, uh, usually these models are good enough for demo purposes. Uh, you know, you can find an off-the-shelf model, and then when you are showing it a lot of images, it finds pedestrians or, um, you know, uh, like, you know, uh, driving uh, or uh, traffic lights and so on and so forth. But then it, they are not usually production ready, meaning that they are working probably 95% of the time. But in a lot of corner cases, say you have an occluded pedestrian that is occluded by a bicycle, you the the uh, the, the model doesn't pick them up. The reason is that it doesn't it hasn't seen enough training data uh, to be able to essentially. Uh, look at occluded pedestrian and say, all right, now this is a pedestrian. I have to look out for this. Now, when we were building this model for production, essentially we had to go through a lot of data, a lot of data, I would say, um, you know, like orders of hundreds of terabytes of data that would be, you know, tens of millions of images or hours and hours of video logs to find the right training data that finds all of these corner cases that our model had problems with. And then my team and I spent countless hours of looking for this type of data to essentially, uh, quote-unquote, debug this machine learning models with data. Okay, And then at that point, I... Uh, uh, thought to myself that there should be a much better way of doing it rather than manually uh, reviewing all of the data and going at it with Excel spreadsheets and so on and so forth. Right? So, uh, so, so that was when the idea of scene box uh, was born. And then uh, at that point, I also talked to a lot of uh, you know other colleagues in computer vision and AI that we're not only we're not focusing on on autonomous vehicles, but some other applications like you know smart home cameras, you know uh, medical imaging, essentially anything that uses images and videos to do anything automated. And then at that point, I realized that everybody, almost everybody at the, in the industry, when, when they want to go towards production, they are feeling this pain of, of finding the right data to improve their models. And that's where, uh, you know, we said, well, we're going to solve this problem. This is very exciting. And then that is like end of 2019 that, uh, that we decided to, uh, to, uh, to build Scenebox. And uh, the rest we have been, you know, we did a quick fundraising from, uh, you know, one of the hottest VCs in Palo Alto and some local angels in Vancouver. And then we have been building uh, the product and, you know, doing some private customer development. As of yesterday, uh, December 15th, uh, we actually opened up the platform. Now everybody can uh, can look at what we have built, you know, experiment with some of the data sets, and then and then see the value of of, of this type of platform for their uh, software 2.0 development. Okay. Well, I, I'm very curious. You know, like you had mentioned, how we're applying this sort of stuff. You got your start looking at say autonomous vehicles and recognizing objects there. But what other kinds of businesses would be using the software? What applications out, are out there right now? 
Oh yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm pretty happy with you know how computer vision is applied in many many different verticals. Let me give you you know two or three examples. I think one example is um, say security cameras or smart homes. So imagine you want to have an automated way of uh, you know of understanding if there is an intruder or if there is a box sitting uh, in front of your porch to pick up. Or you know, if uh, God forbid, there is a detection in an uh, you know in an elderly home. So uh, so you can do all of this type of automation by having uh, machine learning algorithms like looking at a stream of video or multiple streams of videos. So that's one application that is uh, you know that is very prevalent. Another application is completely different. There are companies that, for example, use satellite imagery to do some sort of analytics. Uh, like one of our customers is actually using uh, satellite images to look at the condition of the roofs and then you know, understand the, uh, the, insure, the, the rating of the roofs and that type of analytics would help uh, you know, insurance providers or prop tech companies to be able to have a better understanding of that specific property. Right. So they kind of actually use this type of automated imagery of satellites on, you know, millions of images to give insights to insurance providers. Um, you know, medical imaging is uh, is actually another application that, you know, uh, at this point, we know that it's it's really hard and really quite expensive to essentially like, you know, have an expert to look at some specific images of like, you know, radiology or x-ray or whatnot. But, uh, you know, AI can bring a quick, I wouldn't say perfect, but a quick way and a very cheap way to quickly like, you know, look at an image uh, to be able to recognize uh, some patterns and if that patterns requires further attention or not. Right. So essentially, anywhere that an image or a LIDAR is taken and there needs to be some understanding, analytics, some insights from this, uh, you know, uh, our technology uh, helps tremendously. So I'm curious, though, uh, you folks, and correct me if I'm wrong, you have offices uh, both here in Vancouver as well as down in the U.S. Uh, tell me a little bit about kind of wanting to have that presence in both markets and uh, what it means for being able to kind of use the talent, tap into the talent that exists here on the West Coast. Oh, yeah, uh, that's a very good question. So, yeah, so uh, we have our primary office is in Vancouver in, in Yaletown. And then uh, we have a satellite office in uh, in San Mateo Bay Area. So um, I think uh, in, uh, I, I, I kind of got lucky uh, with this situation. Uh, a bit about my background, I lived in Bay Area from uh, San Francisco Bay Area from 2003 to 2017. And then uh, for I, I moved to Vancouver uh, because uh, of my family in 2017. So I have a very like you know kind of a good network of professionals uh, in Bay Area. But then when I came to Vancouver, I realized that there is a tremendous uh, uh, you know uh, like uh, number of talented uh, in the UBC, SF, UBC, IT graduates that are very excited to work on, uh, like, you know, uh, on, on, on world-class problems. And then I could kind of connect these, uh, you know, these folks uh, uh, to type of a problem that I saw firsthand 
in you know, autonomous vehicle industry and AI in general. And then I also could bring a little bit of a more a senior uh, advice and talent from Bay Area. Uh, most of our clients uh, are based in the U.S. and uh, specifically in Bay Area. And then also uh, like um, investors, advisors, uh, so that type of a world class, uh, you know, tal- uh, like uh, enthusiasm that you see in Bay Area. But then, uh, you know, and, but they, I realized that, uh, you know, you can bring all of that in and then kind of marry it with this, uh, you know, very active and exciting environment in Vancouver with all of the graduates and uh, uh, from from UBC and SFU and BCIT. Essentially, um, half of our company are actually UBC graduates. And I'm amazed on a day-to-day basis that how good the quality of uh, my team is when they are working shoulder by shoulder with like, you know, Stanford graduates, Princeton graduates, and the best in class, uh, you know, technologies company in the Bay Area. So, so that's our situation. Uh, and I think um, I didn't plan for it. It was uh, actually quite a bit of luck uh, on, on my side, but uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty happy about the turnout. Okay. So I'm, I'm thinking about the fact that you guys uh, were founded a few years ago. You were in stealth mode. Uh, why is now, you know, the end of 2021, the right time to, uh, you know, exit stealth mode and kind of uh, make yourself known on the scene here? Yeah. So. Um, so that's a very good question. So uh, the timing of it is uh, like in the for, for uh, uh, most of the 2020, we were you know heads down developing our product quite a bit, and then starting from 2020, we started to reach out to a lot of like you know companies that we thought this product could be useful, and then um, this is a kind of a uh, you know especially the, the journey of. Uh, almost any product that you have some sort of a founding ideas and you have to somehow develop that idea. That takes quite a few, like probably a few months. And then after that, you have to go to mode that do a bit of a development with friendly customers, right? So, and that's where we started in the like you know, end of 2020, beginning of 2021, reaching out to a lot of customers and then, you know, showing some of the product, uh, some of the features that we had built and then, uh, and then build a little bit more based on their like, you know, feedback and then make sure that what we had built now is actually delivering value to this like you know, handful of companies. Now, uh, I think uh, the timing is that now I think we are out of that phase. Uh, we are confident that uh, that our product and our vision is actually now delivering value to our already existing customers. Now we want to open it up and then let a lot of people to experiment with the product themselves. And then, uh, and then <clears throat> essentially either bring us more use cases or, uh, you know, or essentially bring uh, more data to our platform and, uh, and also more revenue to the company. So uh, the timing of it is essentially like uh, we just like, you know, we are going to a new phase of our, our development at this point. So, well, I, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, it's just a, a very, very exciting time for your company. Um, what excites you most about kind of the prospects of uh, moving forward and what this technology can do and, and how this company can grow in the, uh, in the coming years? Yeah. So 
uh, I, so uh, me being an engineer, I kind of want to back uh, uh, some of my claims with uh, some numbers. So, uh, and those numbers uh, are making me very excited. First of all, I think in terms of the uh, uh, the the global AI market, and then also uh, and 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 the computer vision specifically. So uh, at this point, the size of the market is around like you know it's a healthy twenty billion dollar market. So that's computer vision and AI, right? Well, it's essentially computer vision, uh, AI in computer vision. AI is much more massive. Computer vision is much more massive, but. AI in computer vision is is twenty billion, and uh, it is uh, the the growth of this is uh, annual forty percent. So by twenty thirty, uh, it's going to exceed two hundred billion. So the the market is massive. So the need is there. The other uh, so that is from outside. From inside, the way that I'm looking at uh, that scene box is that. Only in last six months, the number of users that are using scene box they are grown by eightfold. And the amount of data under Sandbox management, just only six months has grown by 20-fold. So that by itself is a really huge spike. And then what excites me the most about all of this is that we just are getting started, right? So I'm sure uh, the problem that I don't know about and solving those problem is actually the most exciting part of this. And yeah, so, and then my team and then the growth of the team is is also going to be fantastic. We have quite a few open positions right now. So I would love, uh, you know, uh, uh, your uh, audience to check, uh, check us out at scenebox.ai. And if they're interested in solving very fun engineering problems, uh, you know, just apply to our roles there. Well, excellent. You know, Yasser, I just want to thank you so much for joining us. It's cool to delve into technology that has such an ability to kind of reshape things moving forward. So I just want to thank you once more for joining us on BIV today. Thank you so much for your time. It was fantastic talking to you, Tyler. That was Yasser Kaligi. He is the CEO of Vancouver-based Scenebox, and that is it for the show. But uh, tune in to BIV.com. You can go there for more interviews, stories, videos, and more. In the meantime, I just want to thank everyone for listening. I'm Tyler Orton.